You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. GHD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A town square media station. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the, watched the workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I run in that fix it. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. This is the Martin Houston Show, and I am Xavier Houston, live with you this wonderful Wednesday morning that the Lord has made, and I hope you all are having a great start to your day. It is hump day, so let's get through this week. Uh, I am joined by Joe Gaither, who's hitting all the right buttons for me this morning. Uh, We're going to talk about a few things. But uh, if you want to get in on the action, you can call the Alabama hotline at 205-342-9904, and we can talk about pretty much whatever you want. But we're going to hit a couple things. We're going to talk about Alabama having a great success, not only on the field among sports this year, but also in the classroom as what for several programs – uh, a total of, let's see, 16 of the 19 uh, Crimson Tide teams were better than the national average when it comes to academic progress rate, and seven of the teams scoring a perfect 1,000 for the multi, multi-year APR ratings through the end of the 2021 season. And we continue with uh, Alabama, the football team, because I know that's what everybody really loves to listen and talk to about, was ranked third this year behind only Clemson and Ole Miss with a score of 997 with the highs with Clemson and Ole Miss being at 999. Uh, Joe, what do you think about Alabama's success not only on the field but off the field as well with it seems like they're really focused on getting these these young athletes male and female uh success in the classroom as well I think it's awesome for uh, for Alabama awesome for for the athletes of course uh, you know it makes the mamas and daddies feel feel good about sending their kids to Alabama. This might be uh, one of those awards or one of those accomplishments that the academic advisors really celebrate in in, in their offices. Obviously, would they like to celebrate the kids on the winning side, but they probably are uh, giving each other high fives today when this report or uh, yesterday when this report comes out. Oh, without a doubt, because a hey, student athlete. Student first, athlete second, because not everyone's going to have the opportunity to make it to the next level and continue a a professional career. So, guys, make sure you get that education because that's the number one thing, of course. And then we have Peter Woods, the five-star offensive – I'm sorry, defensive lineman from uh, Thompson who has started to turn out guys left and right at the D1 level. You look at what they've done recently from uh, Talia Tangavaloa, Amari Kai, 
uh, Patrick Trey on Figgins, Jeremiah Alexander, and it just continues. Woods is a 6'4", 260-pound absolute animal, and he's down to make his commitment on July 8th, and he's between, most people believe, to be Alabama and Clemson. But he has recently swapped out Oklahoma for a jack in his top four. So do you think Deion Sanders has the ability to come and pull a five-star out of the state of Alabama up under Nick Saban's nose, especially with the controversy of with everything that Coach Saban said a few weeks ago? Or do you think this is a lock-and-loaded, he's coming to Bama? Oh, I think he's coming to Bama. I think the uh, Jackson State in his top four is kind of a respectful thing. It's kind of being respectful to HBCUs. He he said something like uh, similar to that, I guess, in May when he <coughs> when, when he uh, narrowed down his 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 uh, list of the top four. Now he he took official visits to Florida and Clemson the last two weeks, um, but reportedly he's he's really really close friends to. Uh, to Jeremiah Alexander, and so I think it's going to be locked and loaded for Alabama. He's just trying to uh, enjoy the recruiting pro- enjoy the recruiting process as a as a high schooler c- could at, at the moment. But I think that he's going to be the second five star to uh, to join the class for Alabama. Let me ask you, Xavier. They've got five five stars. I, I agree. I think. Those- Okay, they've got they've got five five stars in the uh, they've got five five stars in the state of Alabama uh, this this year. Two, two defensive linemen and three corners. Uh, what are the chances Alabama gets all five? Oh man, I, I it would be absolutely astounding if Alabama gets all five. And that's what I was actually going to ask you next. When you look at what. Uh, his teammate, Tony Mitchell, I think Tony Mitchell is the biggest, is the most likely guy not to end up at Alabama. Uh, He seems to be a little bit more NIL driven. And I think that's, he just got crystal ball to uh, Texas A&M by uh, own three, if I'm not mistaken. So I think, I think money plays a big factor in his decision. You know, this was a, a young man who was committed to Tennessee in eighth grade, decommits, becomes a bigger name, a bigger prospect. And now all of a sudden he's wanting to be at Texas A&M when they were never really in the picture before. So I, I feel like money might be a little bit in play for him and his decision. But I, I, I like our chances with all of them. I think he might be the biggest one to get away. Yeah, I mean, with three with three five-star corners, uh, I think that if, you, if you're going to have to let one get away, he might not be – I mean, he, he's going to be obviously a, a, a highly coveted talent, but you're not going to get them all, in my opinion. So, so uh, I, I – in, you know Tony Mitchell being NIL focused. It's, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Once you're a five star, once you're on that level, you're not really dealing with a whole lot of differences in the, in the facilities uh, and you know with the competition level in the SEC. If, if, if you're going to any of those programs, you're, you're getting the same sort of competition level and receiving high level coaching. So you know NIL being a factor for him, I don't I don't blame him one bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely nothing against him. But, you know, Saban has kind of said that's not what he wants. He's like, get it once you get here, not really trying to give it to you before you do. And I think that might be a little bit of what's going on with uh, Tony Mitchell. He wants it up front, which, hey, if you're talented and you're worth it, go get it, young man. I'm not mad at you. Uh, and lastly, what we're going to talk about uh, before we get to break, there have been some number changes that I don't really know have been talked about amongst the uh, football team. You have Jameer Gibbs, 
who has gone from number 13 that he was wearing in the spring back to his Georgia Tech number of number one. Terry and Arnold has gone from 12 to three. And Aaron Anderson has gone from 83 to 13. Now, I don't know about you, Joe, but I like to look good and feel good and play good. And it's funny, I wore number 35, and people are like, oh, that's not a that's not a, a flashy number, but well, that's a family number for those who know. Uh, but do you, do you sometimes feel like a player, a number makes a player, or does the player make the number? I, I, I definitely think that you can be more comfortable wearing different wearing a certain number. Um, now, I think the, the the great players can rise above. The great players can, you know, wear number 90, 99 or sixty three or fifty two. You know, uh, uh, some some strange numbers. Uh, but but I definitely think that the number that, that some players. Uh, if you can change to a number that that suits you better or makes you feel better, why not? I think that uh, you know. I know my senior year when number eleven opened up, I I I, I jumped for that. Uh, I I do think that that you know it, it is a it is a thing that makes the players feel more comfortable. As strange as it as it may sound. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't get to wear thirty five until my senior year. Either I had a guy a year older than me that had it, and I I couldn't touch it for three years. Uh, <laughs> so believe me, even if the number isn't necessarily flashy to the outside, if the number means something to you, it it, it can mean something to you. Was there a special reason why you like number eleven, Joe? Well, actually, the uh, we, the the way my high school kind of worked. We all had senior mentors, and the sixth grade was my first year at playing football. And my senior mentor wore eleven, and he was he was actually pretty pretty uh, pretty talented for a high school player. Uh, he wasn't like college level talented, but he was talented on on our high school team. And they went they went and won the school state first championship, and so I started wearing that pretty much uh, pretty much from the jump. Okay, okay, cool. Now- I like that, man. I love hearing stuff like that. Cause you, and it's funny, you know, as a senior, he probably had no clue how much that impacted you. And I don't know if, you, if you've gotten to talk to him since, but be like, hey, you know, I remember as a as a senior wearing 35 now, everybody knows that's my family number. That's the number my dad wore. I wanted to wear it again. Finally got the opportunity as a senior. Uh, my sisters both wore 35. My brother wore 35. Uh, so that's what it was, but there was a kid, uh, his name was Will Atkinson. He was an eighth grader when I was a senior and he came up to me at the end of uh, my senior year. And, uh, he was like, Hey man, I, I he's like, I, I love watching you play. You're my favorite player on the team. And I want to wear 35. And that meant the world to me as, you know, as a 17 year old kid that there was somebody that thought I was cool enough or special enough to them that they wanted to wear the same number that I did. And the next year, go out to a game, and he's rocking number 35, and that that was awesome to see. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get to break right now, but when we come back, we will be talking about can this 2022 Alabama offense be better than the 2021 offense? Uh, if you want to get in on it, have an opinion, call the Alabama One Hotline, 205-342-9904. I'll catch you on the other side. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active breaks. Everything pretty quiet as we start this Wednesday morning. If you do see conditions throughout the day that folks need to hear about, just give me a call, 205-886-8886. Now you can get a lifetime powertrain warranty on a new or used vehicle at Townsend Nissan. See dealer for details. I'm Captain Ray. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another very hot day today. The sky partially sunny. A few spots could see a thunderstorm this afternoon or tonight. The high today, 97. Tonight's low, 73. 
Tomorrow morning sunshine, a chance of widely scattered afternoon storms. The high 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at softmarkdesign.com. It's time for the Martin Houston Show with the same hard-hitting, no-nonsense approach in which he played the game. Martin will take you inside the locker room, down on the field, and across the goal line with his in-depth analysis. All right, welcome back into the Martin Houston. I'm Xavier Houston sitting in with him, sitting in for him this morning. Uh, we're going to get ready to talk a little bit about can this Alabama offense be better in 2022 than it was in 2021. But first, we're going to get to a couple calls. Pat, how are you doing this morning? Welcome into the show. Good morning, X. Couldn't get you yesterday, my buddy. That we don't have enough phone lines for some reason in Martin's antiquated system. Good lord! Uh, but anyway, hey, let's talk about the. Uh, can Alabama's offense be better? Uh, do you think that with the addition of Gibbs's ability to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, that it's going to uh, put another dynamic with these? Hey, we're going to have wide receiver speed that kills. Do you hear me? Oh, that, hey, this could be absolutely phenomenal. What do you think? So I'm not sure how many catches Gibbs is going to have because when you really look at the last two years, the lead or the last three years since Najee became the start, uh, the full time starter, you're talking about uh, B Rob had 36 catches last year, Najee had two seasons of over 40 catches. So, do I think Gibbs has more catches than that? Potentially, due to the fact that. Uh, we're a little less experienced at the wide receiver position outside of Burton uh, being a a full-time player before. We have Harold and we have Brooks, and we have a lot of potential talent there, just not a lot of realized talent. So I do think that Gibbs catches – I think Gibbs would be in that 40 to 50 range of catches, somewhere along where Najee was. Now, the difference is I think he might be a little bit more explosive, so you might see more yards come out of those catches. But I think Gibbs does add that dynamic, and also I think he can be used a little bit more if you want to play him in the slot some, if you want to do those type of things. That's where I think his dynamic comes in as as a pass catcher. My next question is, can Gibbs block? Uh, You realize realize with my man Derrick Henry – was uh, Derek, uh, when he first came to Alabama, uh, he had he had very poor coaching in high school. Uh, and the issue was they would it was student body left, student body right. All they did was toss Derek the ball and told him to go that way. Uh, that he didn't he didn't become a good blocker till he got to Alabama. Uh, and and my question is, can Gibbs block that? And uh, when we do want to throw, uh, or we do want to, and then uh, we have a stable of running backs, if they get healthy, that is absolutely phenomenal. You know, or could be absolutely fine. Well, we've seen flashes of brilliance from them. We have. What do you think about that? 
No, I definitely think we'll see. We'll still continue to see a running back by committee. Uh, how deep that goes, I think, depends on everybody's health level. Uh, like, I, like I said, I, I think Alabama could have running back room in the country if Jason Roydell come back healthy, and uh, you know Trey finally has a full year, no injuries, no health concerns. You know, getting back used to that that pounding on the body, and then you add the two freshmen in Henderson and Miller with their capable of doing. I don't know how much we'll see the two of them this year if the other guys are healthy and able to give it a go for a complete season. But I think Alabama is truly four deep this year at the running back position, and so it 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 might be. I would say 2022 would look a lot like 20, uh, 2018 Bama, where you had uh, where you had Damian Harris, you had Najee Harris, you had uh, Josh Jacobs, and then you had that fourth guy who was a Brian Robinson who could come in and give you solid minutes. Or if better yet, if you want to do 2017 when it was Bo Scarborough and getting more more playing time and more splitting up those carries, even more of those touches of of a four deep running back room that you could see, especially because of, like I said, there's a lot of potential at the wide receiver position. There's not a lot of realized potential yet. And so if you're going into the season with with Burton as a as a proven commodity, you have to do it tight end, which there's not a lot of depth there. Uh, I think you could see – I think Brooks can step up. I think Holding can step up. I think Harold can step up. Uh, any of those yeah, guys, I, I think you could have a solid number two. But I think the right, running backs oh, carry the offense this year. Yeah, one more quick question before I let you go. Do you see Matt Black oh, coming in and getting any playing time? Matt Black is <laughs> an extremely special, special athlete. I will say this because he's 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 going to be a tight end in college, but he was a wide receiver in high school. He's a big body wide receiver, but he never had to put his hand in the dirt and really block like that. So I think him being a summer enrollee, you know, if you come in and put 10, 15 pounds of muscle on uh, real quick and and develop his body uh, and show that he can block early. I think he can get on the field, but I see this year really being Latou and uh, uh, the Juco transfer that we signed late. I think it'll be this year, it'll be those two. And you'll slowly see uh, Elijah Brown and Amari Nye Black both get worked into it. They'll definitely get some time on the field, but I think we're going to see Latou and the and the Juco transfer more than we see okay. the two of those right. guys this year. I know you got one more caller, but got to have a, a quick question. Peter Woods, hey, is uh, Nick Saban get him on the eighth of July? I think I think we do. I think I think he's a lock for Bama. I think he's enjoyed the process of being on the top recruits, getting to go places and see different parts of the country. But I don't see him leaving the state, and I don't see him not being Tuscaloosa, Alabama, come twenty twenty. Good deal. I think his long-term future and uh, what he can make after football, Alabama's a place to be. Anyway, hey, have a blessed day. Thank you, sir. Have a great one. You're doing a good job. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. You have a good one, too, Pat. And we have Greg from Alabaster in on the phone. How are you doing this morning, Greg? I'm doing good. about you? I'm doing wonderful, doing wonderful. We'll talk about this later. Uh, your question, will the Alabama offense be better than last year? Um, mm-hmm. I, I find it intriguing, but here's, here's what, uh, to me, the biggest question is what do you consider better? Do you consider it more efficient? Do you consider it more ball control? Do you consider it more explosive? Because the one area that the offense lacked last year at, at, at times was consistency. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I I am not sure that we will put up more yards or more points per game as an average, but it may be where we actually control 
the tempo of the game more. Just, you know, what you were just going through just a minute ago with, you know, the players that we have, It, I'm not going to say it's going to go flip to a completely like what Georgia ran last year, but, um, yeah, again, we're going with Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. you know, who orchestrated, you know, um, the, uh, the Patriots, you know, big tight end set, still ran the ball, still controlled the, you know, the clock, you know, controlled the tempo of the game. I wouldn't be shocked if that's where we're at. Um, I, you know, with the running backs we've got, they're, they're probably going to be, you know, they're not the bigger style. So I think we'll have more explosive running plays than we've had in a while. But I just, I think if what the biggest thing that we're going to see is um, maybe control the ball a little more, uh, not quite as explosive through the through the passing game, and but I think the offense overall will be more consistent. Does that kind of make sense? Oh no, I I agree with that assessment. Uh, when when I look through Alabama's history and what they have. I would have – so you remember when A.J. McCarron was at Alabama, right? We had a yes, very uh, – 20, 20, uh, 2012, you had T, uh, Eddie Lacy and T.J. Yeldon. You had two 1,000-yard backs. He threw for over uh, – he threw for over uh, 30 touchdowns and uh, 3,000 yards. I think that might be the best comparison, but I'll say Bryce pushes more for around. Bryce will be more around four thousand yards. Four thousand is probably a solid number, just because of like like what we have lost. And then you look at uh, the running game. I don't think we have two guys go over a thousand, but I can see us having three guys over 750, you know, uh, a guy that pushes 900, you know, two guys around that 700-yard mark easily, uh, and then a fourth guy that has 400 to 500 yards this year. I, I see that as more of a, a likely but a more balanced, and I think we'll be more efficient this year than we were last yeah. year. So that's, what, that's, that's where I say I don't think we'll be as flashy, you know, We'll have, you know, we have Harold, but we will have the big explosive plays. I think Burton can stretch the field like Mechie did as well, but I don't see that happening as often. But, yes, more of a, a ball control, ground and pound, just based off of how this team is built. And not a, I agree with 100% of what you're saying, and the which I know in two and a half weeks, the offensive line is still a work in progress from what we saw from May Day. But the one thing that we all did see was the guards in the center had an incredible push up the middle. They struggled it in other places, but mm-hmm. that push up the middle with the style running backs we have, running up the middle creates the biggest gaps if you can get the safeties to split out. If you get the safeties to split and you get you get a linebacker to take one half step wrong, these guys are quick enough that they're 88 and out the gate. Without a doubt. Now, with the offensive line, you also have to remember Emil Ikior, who might be Alabama's best offensive lineman, was out. And when you right. have a guy like that, it does end. And we, we will have uh, Tyler Steen this fall, and it'll just c- create a little more cohesion along the offensive line when you have guys in their correct spots, all that. We still have Dalcourt coming back in. It's going to be a battle between McLaughlin and Dalcourt. I'm going to go with McLaughlin right now because of the way he finished the season, but that doesn't mean Dalcourt can't come in and win the job back. Uh, so that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, I think with Ikior, Cohen, and McLaughlin in the middle, getting time back together and gelling, the offensive line will be good. And I think between Randolph, Steen, and Latham, the tackle position is locked up as well. Uh, it's just it's going to take a minute to gel. You know, we have the Utah State game before we got to go out to Texas and 
at the first test of competition. But I think going into that Texas week, Bama will have it figured out and ready to rock and roll heading in all uh, Austin. I agree with that. Um, I've, I've I've said since you know the Tyler Steen deal that I don't believe he will be our left tackle. If anything, I think he's going to be our right tackle. I just just some of the film that I watched throwing from Vanderbilt. I just I just get a right tackle mm-hmm. feel. Uh, I don't I don't think he handles uh, uh, speed rush very well. Now I think he's strong enough. If a guy tries to inside rush him, he's okay. So that's why. I'm thinking more right tackle than than left tackle. And again, he may have made improvements, and you know, and it might be our best option to left. But my gut says he's going to be right tackle. So who you got going left? I think it's going to be it's probably going to be wind up uh, Latham unless somebody beats him out. You know, uh, who's to say that somebody coming? You know, that one of these incoming freshmen might flash. You know. Uh, I just, I mean, in the course of three or four months of working off season, you know, with with the the new coaching staff, I mean, there's no telling who makes the change because, um, I, I don't know. Sometimes just a new voice and and something clicks in their head and it goes off. But from what I've seen, I, I just my gut says it'd be Latham that that'll kick out to the left. All right. I I can't argue with that, Greg. I appreciate the call. <laughs> All right, have a good one. You too, Greg. Uh, go ahead and get to break. Uh, coming back on the other side, we'll continue the conversation of uh, can this Alabama offense be better in 2022 than it was in 2021? Remember, you can call in on the Alabama One hotline at 205-342-9. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. The sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, we're back in. With the Martin Houston show. This is the third quarter, and we're still breaking down a little bit of can this Alabama offense be better in 2022 than it was in 2021? And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, we got Bryce Young back. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. We have Bill O'Brien. 
second year in a system for quarterback normally is when they take the biggest leap. But you also have to look at the weapons and the way the team is set up around them. When you look at Bryce Young, yes, he still has every tool, every talent, and is only going to get better. But do his weapons match up the same? Cameron Latou is back. Was actually rated by a lot of sources as one of the top tight ends in the country. I think his numbers go up this year. You, but then you lose your top three wide receivers in Mechie, Williams, and Bolden. I know a lot of people like to rag on Bolden. Curtis Lewis, I'm watching you. Uh, but, no, uh, you, you're talking about a lot of production between those three guys, and now you're replacing all of those guys with somebody either new to the program completely or a young guy who didn't get a lot of time on the field last year. And that might come the question is maybe Saban needs to do a little bit better of playing young guys. He did a really great job when you look at the 2017 class and those wide receivers and Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith, and Jerry Judy. And it seems like that hasn't been the case over the last few years for the younger wide receivers, and that might be a stunt to their development and getting on the field and being productive when they do get on the field. Uh, Joe, do you see that kind of being the case over the last few years? I, I, I think we are going to have a better offense. I think we're going to have a lot, like Greg said, a lot, a lot better offense. I'm sorry, can you repeat your question for me? Uh, no, no problem. Uh, do you think when you look at Bryce Young and his weapons, I think Latou's going to have a better season this year than he did uh, last year, uh, just more, finally getting on the field, getting some playing time, and we saw what he was able to do. But when you look at the wide receivers, it's either a completely new group of guys with Burton and Harrell coming in right. or guys like Holden and Brooks who haven't had a lot of playing time or true freshmen. Uh do you think how – you remember 2017, he did a great job getting uh, young wide receivers on the field in mop-up duty. Do you think he's slacked up and that might be a reason for the delayed development of some of these younger guys recently? Oh, yeah, I, I, I definitely do. I think that uh, uh, you, I've talked about it with, with, with the transfer portal being awesome for getting Jamison Williams into, in, into Alabama last year, but perhaps it uh, slowed down – the development of Treshawn Holden, of uh, Jai Hall, now departed, uh, Javon Baker, now departed, uh, and, and several guys. This year's freshman class, man, this year's freshman class, Isaiah Bond, Kendrick Law, there, there's a lot, Aaron Anderson, there's a lot of, of, of well-hyped receivers in this freshman class. Uh and, you know, you bring in Tyler Harrell, you bring in Jermaine Burton, and, yeah, Jermaine Burton looks like he's probably a ready-made guy, and Tyler Harrell looks like he might just be a one-route, two-route kind of a player, but 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 will their presence prevent development for the younger younger end of the roster? I think that's a very fair question. Um, I'm, I'm hoping the answer is no. I'm hoping that what happens on the offense is that it, we, we're getting more guys into the receiver rotation. Uh, I, I loved having John Mechie and Jamison Williams play pretty much 90% of their sna- of the snaps that they were available for last year, but I feel like there's room for more rotation. Uh, you, keep, you keep the receivers fresh. You throw – your whole receiver core out at a secondary. I think that's really the, the going to be that really should be our approach because uh, you can make the secondaries more you know more tired, make them prepare for more guys by may, maybe not going with the same one or two or three guys the entire game. Uh, now, obviously, you don't want to be pulling your best players off the field in critical moments, but I think there's room for more rotation. I think there's room for uh, basically more reps for, 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 for the room as a whole to utilize the depth of the talent as a whole. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you look, we, talk, we, we talked about Trayshawn Holden and uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, and then you mentioned all of the – the freshmen that we have coming in, and uh, you, you uh, didn't even mention uh, Prentice, who's coming in as well. But uh, you also add in JoJo Earl, Christian Leary. I mean, this room is extremely deep. 
they just like I said, it's it's so much potential, just not a lot of it has been realized yet. And that's the that's the double edged sword, the scary thing when you look at this Alabama team, because you're going, Man, if all these guys hit, it could be nasty. But we gotta get them on the field to do it. Uh so when you look at the strong point of this this twenty twenty two team, I think it's the running back room. And the scary thing is, I said the other day, I think the 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 worst position or the the least prepared posi- uh, group is the offensive line group. How do you feel about those two things potentially being uh, have those two things have to work hand in hand for success? How do you think that's going to play out throughout the course of the season? I think I think you're actually going to be pleasantly surprised with what the offensive line looks like uh, once we get into the season. Uh, I kind of gonna gonna push back on you just a little bit because Javion Cohen, Javion Cohen, and Emil Ekio are two two of probably the more experienced players on the Alabama roster, uh, especially Ekio in particular. And then you've got McLaughlin and Dalcourt both kind of fighting for that center position. So your interior of the offensive line, I feel like, is going to be pretty strong. Uh, now I agree with you. The running back room looks loaded, and I'd probably take the same approach with the running backs as I am the uh, receivers. You play the hot hand. You try to utilize your depth to wear down defenses. Uh, but but I, but I think I'm going to be pretty confident in what the offensive line will look like. Were they were they great last year? No, they they were they were okay at at times. You know they 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 were good sometimes. Uh, it just depends on depending on the matchups. But I but I think that you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you see out of the offensive line this year. All right, Joe. To make this to make this 2022 offense better. Then the 2021 offense, what needs to happen? Mm, the main thing that I think needs to happen is better production out of the tackles. Uh, better production out of because because I'm very confident in Bryce. I'm very confident in the in the running back room. I'm pretty confident in the wide receiver room, and I'm real and I'm pretty confident in the interior of the offensive line. Uh, we, we, we heard from Greg, Greg just a little bit ago about, about JC Latham and, and Tyler Steen, some of what, what's going to be on the tackles. You're looking at Tyler Booker. You're looking at, you're, you're looking at a lot of guys that have question marks next to their name. Tommy Brockermeyer, lots of question marks at the tackle position. But if you can get good play out of both tackles, I think this offense is going to look kind of similar to the 2020 offense where defenses really had to declare ahead of time whether they wanted to stop Najee Harris or whether they wanted to stop Devontae Smith. Now, I don't know if you're going to have as dynamic a player out of the running back room or wide receiver as Najee or Devontae Smith, but the talent level is going to be pretty close to pretty close to that, in my opinion, to where the defenses are going to have to pretty much let Bryce Young know ahead of time what they're going to do, and he's going to be able to uh, diagnose, dissect, and get Alabama into the right plays on offense. Yeah, Joe, I can't argue with you on that. I think the biggest thing about this is offense is strictly efficiency. If they can be more efficient, this there's no doubt in my mind that this offense can be better, especially with a a second year starter in Bryce and running the same offense again with all of the weapons that he has at his disposal. I think this offense can be special and that 2020 offense of pick your poison and <laughs> you better pick it correctly. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get to break. We have Scotty Hollins, um, uh, the executive director of Blueprint Ministry, uh, brought to you by Johnson & Marshall Dentistry, coming back on the other side. So stay tuned to hear what word Scotty has for us this week. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks. Everything pretty quiet as we start this Wednesday morning. If you do see conditions throughout the day that folks need to hear about, just give me a call, 205-886-8886. Now you can get a lifetime powertrain warranty on a new or used vehicle at Townsend Nissan. See dealer for details. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. 
Good Wednesday morning. The heat remains on in West Alabama with the heat advisory in effect until 7 tomorrow night. There's also a slight risk for damaging winds, 60 miles per hour. Quarter-size hail this afternoon. That'll run through the evening hours southeast of Tuscaloosa to Utah to Livingston Line, mainly the I-59 corridor. There is a marginal risk to the northwest of that line. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage. It's free. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Back into the Martin Houston show. This is the fourth quarter, and I am joined by Scotty Hollins, the executive director of Blueprint Ministries. How are you doing this morning, Scotty? Hey, Xavier, I'm doing fantastic. How are you, bro? I am doing wonderful. I, I know I'm not my dad, but we sound a little bit alike, so hey, I hope this ain't I, I too was weird. Thinking, for like, me. Hold on. <laughs> I was like, did, did he enter the time machine to get a little bit younger? Because I say, I see, I hear the same voice, but it's just a little younger. <laughs> yeah. So hey, I, I'll yeah. jump on in. So man. what so, words so, you so got for us this Yeah, yeah, we're gonna continue our series uh, with. Uh, it's called the Power of Optimism, and looking at um, <clears throat> Paul's life, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, looking at his life and and and, and trying to uncover his secret to optimism. He was just so optimistic. Um, and, and again, we're covering some of those uh, statements that he made that were, that were optimistic, but, but from a foundation, let, let's kind of build our, our argument in terms of, of kind of um, what, what was part of his secret uh, of optimism and, and how was he able to be optimistic in some of the most bleak and difficult situations. Uh, first thing is this, you know, we've heard that life is about 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. Okay, so let that sink in for a second. And then let me give you another one. A.W. Tozer says, um, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you because that becomes the lens through which you see all of life. So think about that. Life is about 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. And then A.W. Tozer, Tozer says, hey, most important thing about you is what you believe about God because that becomes the lens through which you see all of life. And, and I, I want to consider the fact that what we think about God Again, not only impacts how we view all of life, but it impacts how the decisions that we make. And it impacts how we respond to the 10% that happens to us, right? And so when you think about Paul, and we think about, you know, what happened to Paul in his life, and then you look at Paul and you look at how he's responding. And here's the thing. Here's a really important word. How he's responding consistently, on a consistent basis, that we know that something has to be there. And so, so let's think about this. What Paul thought about God right, impacted everything that he did. What Paul thought about his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, impacted everything that he said and did and who he was and his purpose for life. Okay, And so when you think about, you know, Martin always says, hey, give us a message that will help us on the, um, you know, in the boardroom, in the classroom, or the field of play. Here's the reality. What, what we, as we learn from Paul's life, this will help us in all three areas because this helps us to respond in a way 
um, in, in, in relation to, in, in, uh, as we think about how we think about God, this impacts how we respond. So I want to think about this. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Paul is actually talking. He's writing a letter to the church of Philippi. He's writing to them. Yes, guess what? He's writing from a, a, a prison. He's in jail. And he's writing words of encouragement to a group of believers in the church at the church of Philippi. So here's what Paul says. He says, again, what, God, what Paul thinks about God impacts, listen to this, it impacts what he believes about prayer. And, and, and that impacts his ability to be optimistic. He says, don't be anxious about anything. He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, he says, make your request known to God. And then he says, and then the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. Now, this is a guy writing from jail, Xavier, and he's saying, hey, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And he says, here's the result of that. If you don't worry about everything, pray about it, anything, but pray about everything, he says, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what he's saying. Again, what he believes about God is impacting his decision to pray. But more uh, specifically, what he believes about God is impacting his decision to allow God's peace to, to, it, to reside within him after he's prayed. Here's why. Because once he's prayed, whatever that thing that was you know, causing him to worry, causing him to be anxious, once he's prayed, he knows a couple things. He knows God can help me in this situation. He absolutely can. He is able to do all things. You know, the second thing he knows, Xavier, he knows that God is willing to do what's best for me. Now, he may not answer the prayer exactly the way I prayed it. He may not do exactly what I'm asking. He's going to always do what's best. He's going to always do what honors him most, that brings him the most glory. And, and, and here's the other thing we can, he, he, Paul knew about God. God is good. So I don't have to worry about me praying this and then, um, and then something really tough or whatever. He says, I believe that God is good. And as a result, um, I can be optimistic in the most difficult and, and dire situation. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, you got it all in, on him and put it all in him. And he'll guide your path. And he'll, like you said, he'll never lead you astray and never lead you the wrong way. Scotty, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for such a powerful word. Short, simple, sweet, but always on point, uh, on point and powerful. Uh, can you let everybody know where they can find you? Absolutely. You can go to www.blueprinttuscaloosa.com. You can send me, send me a message there and come straight to my email. All right, Scotty, thank you for joining us this morning. You have a blessed rest of your day. Hey, thank you. You too. All right, that is Scotty Hollins of Blueprint Ministry uh, joining us uh, to put an end on this Wednesday edition of the Martin Houston Show. I am Xavier Houston, Joe Gaither pushing all the right buttons. Appreciate what you do. Y'all have a blessed rest of your day. Remember, trust in the Lord and he will guide your way. Thank you. 